Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Chuck Coburn as he teaches from the Word of God. Special thank you to our worship team. Yay, amen. And on a special thank you to our tech team in the back. Thank you guys for making worship. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We will get there in a few moments. Um, I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of a new way of thinking. A new way of thinking. A wise businessman knew that he would be passing shortly in his life, so he took out a life insurance policy on himself, and then he took one out for his spouse. That way, when she died, uh, there would be money for the funeral, there would be money to take care of all the expenses and things of that nature. So over the course of time, the life insurance policy for his wife was paid in full. In fact, each year, the dividends from the life insurance policy just renewed the policy, so she had to do nothing with it. It just simply sat there, growing, taking care of itself. Well, her husband passed away. He left her allotted sum of money, and she also had her life insurance policy to pass on to her children or to pass on whomever she so desired. Well, after about two years of her husband passing, she had the wonderful idea of saying, I do not want to give that $100,000 to anybody. So she calls the life insurance policy company and says, listen, I know I've got a $100,000 life insurance policy on myself. I know it's paid in full. I know the dividends take care of itself every year. Cancel the policy. The life insurance man said, ma'am, are you, am I hearing you correctly? You do nothing with this policy. Who, when you die, somebody will get the $100,000. She said, cancel the policy. I do not want to give that money to anybody. So they canceled the policy. Now, is that crazy? I mean, that's almost absurd that somebody would cancel a $100,000 life insurance policy that was paid in full just for the mere fact they did not want to pass it on to anybody else. You say, that is just the craziest thing I've ever heard, Pastor Chuck. And that is not a false story. That is a true story. You say, Chuck, you're kidding me. No, I am not. I am not kidding you. I know the individual that literally canceled the policy just because they did not want anybody to have that money when they died. That is absurd thinking. I know that. But let me tell you what. You and I have some crazy ways of thinking too. And so I want to give you what I call my top five Stinking thinkings. These are what I call my top five stinking thinkings. And some of you have probably said this in your life, or some of you are saying this in your life right now. Number five, I am not as bad as him or her. Right? I'm not as bad as him or her. Somewhere along the line, you have convinced yourself, when you look at the person next to you, look at the person next to you, and go ahead and confess, I am as bad as you. All right? 
I mean, that's just thinking, thinking when you say, listen, I am not as bad as they are. And we've all done it. Number four, it's too late for me. I've done too many bad things. The devil has convinced some of you this morning that it's too late for you. You're in too deep. There is no way, shape, or form that Jesus could ever save you. He could ever rescue you from the mess or the muck that you're in. And in your brain, the devil has convinced you, it is too late for me. And that is a lie from the gates of hell itself. It is never too late as long as you are breathing. Amen? Number three. That doesn't apply to me. How often do you read God's Word and you know what it says and you say, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, that may apply to my neighbor or that may apply to my pastor, but that does not apply to me. Now, you don't have to raise your hands because we've all been guilty of doing that. Some of you are guilty of doing that right now. You say, well, that doesn't apply to me. This does apply to you. And everything in God's Word applies to us. Number two, that's just the way that I am. Some of you have been convinced, and the devil has made it clear to you, that you can never change. That's just the way that you are. Well, see, I have a lying problem. That's just the way that I am. I have a temper problem. That's just the way that I am. No, it's not the way that you are. Christ can change the way that you are. But somewhere the devil has convinced you that that's just the way that you are. So let me help you out. Ladies, if your husband's that bad, pray. I promise you, God can change him. He doesn't have to be that way for the rest of his life. It took my wife many years and she finally made it through. It changed me. But it's not the way that you are. You can be changed. But in your thinking, that's what you think. Remember again, this is my top five stinking thinking. Because somebody has convinced you, you can never change. That's just the way that you are. And this is my number one. And this is the one I think I despise the most. And you hear it all so often in people's lives when they are running from God, when they're rebelling against God, they say this, God, what? Understands. How often have we said, well, the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because God understands. Yes, God does understand you're a sinner. God understands you stay in that rebellion, you're going to be lost forever. God understands what you're doing is not only hurting you, it's hurting those around you and it's going to destroy your very life. That's what God understands. What you need to understand is that God understands you're rebelling against Him and you will fall and fail miserably. But we do that. The devil has somehow allowed us to think we're okay, we're not that bad, we don't need help. It's too late, there's nothing we can do. That part of the God's Word does not apply to me. That's just the way that I am and God understands that. And because you've allowed Satan to get into your mind and you've allowed him to place these thoughts and you have meditated on them and you've begun to live them out, now that's the way that you are. Listen to it says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. The scripture is pretty clear, church. If you begin to have this mentality that I can't recover that I'll never make it out, then you'll become that very thing. Now you understand this is a spiritual philosophical thing. I mean, I understand when I look into the mirror, I am short and I am bald. That'll never change. Well, I may become even more bald, but I mean, that, that won't change. But what I do know that can change is that I can be a better child, 
of God. I can be a better husband to my wife. I can be a better father to my children. I can be a better pastor for you. I can become those things as long as I allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to get in my heart and life and to change the way that I think. And you have to do the same thing. You have to do the very same thing. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to get into you to change you in your thinking process. And that's what Paul was trying so desperately to do in Romans chapter 12 as he was speaking to this group of people. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Listen to what Paul says. This is out of the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead, or he says, I urge with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. You need to understand, anything else, if your life is not holy, it is not acceptable to Almighty God. Okay? God understands that. Do you understand that? Living in sin does not appease the Father. It disappoints Him. We have to live a holy, godly life so it will be acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. You want to learn how to worship the Lord? Live a holy and godly life. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now you say, that we know that scripture, Pastor Chuck. We've heard it quoted a lot of times. Have you ever wondered why in chapter 12, all of a sudden Paul says this very thing? Do not copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by your thinking. I mean, Paul didn't have attention deficit disorder. It wasn't like Paul was just talking all of a sudden. He said, oh, look, butterflies. The reason why Paul, in chapter 12, stuck this verse in there for the church of that day, for the people of that day, and for us, is because you have to understand what preceded in chapters 1 through 11. Paul says, listen, we need to transform you. And the way that we're going to transform you is by the way that you think. So I want to give you what they were thinking so you'll understand this better. This is what we call the right versus wrong mentality. Chapter 1. In verse 17, Paul says, the just shall live by faith. But they chose to live in sexual perversion. That's chapter 1. So in chapter 1... Paul's telling this group of people, you need to live by faith. You need to trust the Lord. And they said, oh, no, no, Paul, we're going to live by our passions and our desires. And if you read about verse 21 and following, you're going to find out that their sexual perversion went from having an adulterous affair to having multiple people in their lives to homosexuality to God knows what else. It was a progression. Paul urged them to live and have faith in the Lord. They said, oh, no, Paul. We're going to follow our passions. We're going to follow what fills us and makes us feel good. And in the end, they, they receive their due reward. That's what it tells us in chapter 1. Now that's interesting. This was written 2,000 years ago, and it sounds a lot like America today. Homosexuality is like the love relationship of our country right now. You can't turn on a television show. You can't hardly watch anything that, oh, we don't embrace and that we don't love and we don't incur. Listen. Adultery, fornication is almost like wearing shoes. It's no big deal. Try this one on, try that one on. 
God is urging you and I to have a life of faith in Him. And our country and our culture says, No, fulfill the passions of your life. Live it as wild and free as you want. That's why Paul says in chapter 12, we need to change and transform our way of thinking. Because sexual perversion only destroys, it doesn't build up. I love what Derek encouraged Josh and Brittany to do. You need to teach, allocate God's word from birth up. Why? So that she won't get caught in the world's behavior and the world's system to fall. And it's sad, it's not really a young person thing anymore. You'd be amazed how many adults now are just living adulterous affairs. They're cheating on their spouse. They're doing homosexuality and they think it's okay. Remember, that's just the way that I am. God understands. Paul, remember, says, listen, we need to change your whole way of thinking. We need to have your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not chasing after some lustful, passionate desires for the world. Chapter 2. Paul then goes on and addresses the difference between knowing the Word of God and living a sinful life, also known as hypocrisy. If you read chapter 2, what happens, they say, we know the Word of God. We go to church on Sundays, but yet on Monday through Friday, I live like the world. I quote the Word of God. I sing the songs of God, but the life that I live is that of the world. Sound like any of you? Are you one way today and tomorrow you're going to behave a completely different way? We have to change your way of thinking. We have to transform your mind to understand that God's Word is so clear that we need to know the Word of God, we need to live the Word of God. But yet this group of people in chapter 2 said, Oh, Paul, we understand. We know God's Word. We can quote it. We don't need it. And then they live a completely different way. You understand, church, it's not the world that's leading the world away from Jesus Christ. It's the church that's leading the world away from Jesus Christ. Because we live like the world, we act like the world, we talk like the world. Well, who in the world would want Jesus if that's the way the Christian behaves? They need to see a difference in our life. They need to see that Sunday's no different than Monday. Transforming the way that you think. Chapter 3. This is a good one. Paul says you need to be righteous. You need to learn to live right. You need to learn to live holy and godly. And their excuse was, you know, when we sin, it helps others to see God's grace. Don't don't laugh. Y'all do the same thing. You'll say, I can live like what I want to on Saturday as long as I come forward on Sunday and repent. Wow, then people see how much God loves me because I came forward and and asked Him to forgive me. Really? Really? Try that with your spouse and see how long that lasts. Do you think God's any different? Because my Bible teaches me that uh, Jesus is the, the husband and I'm the bride. So if I'm always unfaithful to my husband, Monday through Thursday, Monday through Saturday, do you really think he's going to be faithful to me on Sunday? Here we go again. See, if the, when I sin, man, it just brings glory to God. No, your sinning brings disgrace to God. I mean, when's the last time you've seen a parent get on the evening news and say, oh, man, I am so glad my child got arrested for doing drugs and breaking into the liquor store. Man, I am so proud of them. It just brings me glory. Do you really think God stands up in heaven when you sin on Friday or Saturday nights? He says, oh, I'm just so proud of them. I know they're living the life of you know what, but don't worry, they're going to repent on Sunday. It'll be all right. 
No, he drops his head just like you would drop your head. But here's that mentality, that mentality that says, listen, I can live the way I want to live and God will be glorified for that. No, he won't. Chapter 4. We need to understand that it's faith in Jesus Christ that saves us, not our good works. Remember I had that on our number five, like I'm not as bad as they are, I'm better than they. Sometimes you think, well, you know, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I don't lie, I don't steal, I don't cheat. Does it really matter? Because the Bible's pretty clear that my good works are like a filthy rag. That's what my good works are like. It's my faith in Jesus Christ, it's my love in Jesus Christ that saves me. It's your faith in Jesus Christ, it's your love in Jesus Christ that will save you, not your works. Now, your works should be the outcome from God changing your life. In other words, I don't do things for my wife just to prove that I love her. I do things for my wife because I do love her. Listen, if you've ever got to prove something to somebody that you love them, something's wrong. And if they ever want you to prove something to you, then that's wrong. It should just be a natural thing in your life. I love the Lord, therefore I'm going to sing to Him. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to honor Him. I'm going to serve Him. If I'm having to do things to show God I love Him, and I'm doing them just to show God I love you, then something's wrong. You should naturally be doing that. But they just thought because we're okay people, we're all right. Chapter 5, I've got to move on. Jesus' death brings us life, and our life brings us death. We are so consumed with ourselves. Have you looked at our culture lately? It's all about me. It's all about me. iPhone, iPad, iMac, I, I, I. It's funny because the center letter in the word sin is I. And when you get so engulfed in your life, you'll lose your life. When you lose your life to the Lord and you allow Him to change you, that's when life begins. But that's what they thought. They just thought, listen, you know, God, we like you, but we've got better things to do with our life right right now. We'll get back to you later. And that never works. Chapter 6, God's grace versus a false grace. In fact, Paul says, shall we continue to live in sin? And he says, God forbid. In other words... This is probably the most damning thing that some churches have done to people. This is what they've told you. You come down forward, you say this prayer, and you're saved. And so they come down forward, they say a prayer, and they think they're saved, and they exit out the door, and they continue to live the way they've always lived. But in the back of their mind, they said, well, you know, Pastor so-and-so told me if I said this prayer, I would be saved. Pastor so-and-so failed to tell you is that when you're truly saved, your life will dramatically change. When you're truly saved, you will be faithful to Jesus to the very end. But somebody has lied to you and said, as long as you said this prayer, you're saved, and you continue to live the ungodly life that you're living, then that tells me you're not. That's a false grace. True grace is when God reaches down, saves you from the mess that you're in, and your life changes forever. Chapter 7, they began to have a struggle between right and wrong. Well, my mind, and Paul says, you know, my mind tells me to do this, but my body really makes me want to do that. And you've ever been there before? 
Like, you know, y'all had that problem this morning. Some of you did. Like, you woke up and you said, I know I'm supposed to go to church. Well, I really would like to stay in bed because it's going to rain today. And so you struggled with it, right? You had to struggle with that. I mean, this morning I got poked a couple times. Are you getting up? And I said, why do I need to get up? They said, because you're preaching this morning. You got to go. I'm teasing. <laughs> we struggle with things. It's no different. And then all of a sudden, in, really in chapter 8, is when the life begins to change for Paul in his writing. Chapter 8 is the spirit-filled life versus the sin-filled life. You have to understand that the reason why Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, 1, that everything needs to change is because from chapters 1 through 8, He's dealing with a mentality that is so weird. It is so, but it's not really weird to the to common everyday person because we live that life. We think it's okay to sin. We think it's okay to do these things. And Paul says, listen, we've got to change the way that you think. And when you begin to change the way that you think, it will change your very heart and life. Literally. So let's reread real quick Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, because there's some key things we can pull from this. He says, in, now remember, we've, we've already kind of rehashed chapters 1 through 8 about the flesh, about the ungodly living, about the false grace. So Paul says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead here, he says, I'm begging you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. And he goes to say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person. Now, how is He going to transform you into a new person? By the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing. Four key things real quick. First of all, in, in verse 1, Paul says, you must give your entire life to Christ. Not part of it. All of it. We must give everything to the Lord. And that's hard to do sometimes, is it not? Sometimes we want to leave the, you know, our, our Friday nights out from God. Sometimes we may want to leave Saturdays away from God. No, it's pretty clear. Paul made it clear that we give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And notice Paul didn't say, hey, I want you to give your arm as a living sacrifice. I want to give your... He didn't. He said, your bodies. That means entirety. Paul says, I want you to give your entire life to Christ. That's the very first process in changing the way that you think. You have to come to the place in your life where you say, God, I've had it all wrong all this time. Lord, I was thinking one way and I realized that, God, it's completely wrong. That my life has not really been changed. I've been thinking about me and only me. And, and God, I realized this morning that in order for my life to truly change, I have to give it all to you. Number two, he says we must serve or worship him with all of our heart. There we go again, the word all, we, we see it. Are you, are, you, are you picking up on this? That when we come this morning, we should come ready to worship him and ready to love him. We shouldn't be singing like, you know, you've overcome the victor's crown. What are we having for lunch again today? And go right back to singing. Don't, Priscilla laughs because you saw some people out there doing that, didn't you? They were singing, and all they started asking, are we going to Beef O'Brady's? Are we going to El Police? Where are we going? <laughs> we must worship Him with all. And that's just not on Sunday. That is Sunday through Sunday. 
Once again, we're trying to change our mindset. Three, he goes on to say, don't copy the ways of the world. You don't need to be copying the world. Sure, the world looks nice. Sure, the world looks fun. Sure, the world looks like it's beneficial. Have you seen what's going on in the world today and the benefits that the actors and all these famous people are getting? Hurt, heartache, arrested. Don't copy. Last, he says we ought to transform our lives through revelation and meditation. That's just a fancy way of saying if you really want your life to be different tomorrow, then today you've got to allow God to get into the deepest, dark parts of your heart and life. Allow Him to expose your wrongs. Allow Him to encourage your rights. To think on those things and meditate on those things and then do what needs to be done. That's just the bottom line. Paul says in order for us to be changed, in order for us to be Christ-like, in order for our world to be different in our lives, is that we've got to give our entire life to Christ. We've got to worship Him with all of our heart. We've got to quit copying the ways of the world. And we've got to allow the Spirit to get into our heart and life and change us by getting into the deepest, dark parts of our life and telling us what's wrong, encouraging us what's right, so that we truly can be different. And when we do that, some things are going to change drastically. Let me give you these seven things that will change real quick. First of all, you're going to go from a lustful world to a loving world. In other words, you're going to quit lusting after somebody. You're going to love somebody. You're going to go from having a life of hypocrisy where you live one way today, you're going to live that same way every day of your life. You're going to go from your life being filled of sin to sinning less and less and less because the Holy Spirit's going to begin to do a work in your life. Will it be painful? Yeah, it usually is to start with. But if you will allow the Holy Spirit to get in there and convict you and lead you, your life will change. You're going to go from a me mentality to a Christ mentality. You're going to go from having a false sense of God's saving grace to truly understanding and embracing God's grace. Church, there's no greater feeling in all the world than Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit coming into your life and saving you and changing the way that you think, the way that you talk, the way that you live. You're going to go from a dead life or life to death to having life. And the best one for last is that you're going to go from being dead in the flesh to being filled with the Spirit and living in the Spirit. All because you have heard the Word of God and it says we have to change the way that you think. Here's what has happened for some of you this morning. The devil has convinced you that you're okay living in that adulterous affair when you're not. You're okay because, you know, God understands. I have the right no, you don't have the right. You're completely wrong. But the devil has convinced you that you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing is okay when it's not. The devil has convinced some of you this morning that you've gone way too far and God can never save you. I'm sorry. If he conquered death, there's nothing in your life he can't conquer. Nothing. Nothing. Amen? Nothing. But you know why he hasn't conquered in your life? Because you won't believe he will. That's that thinking. Thinking, thinking. Amen. 
That's my amen section. I like that stinking thinking. Listen, if you're, if you're hooked on drugs right now, if you're hooked on alcohol, if you're caught in cigarette smoking and you want to quit, I know just the person that can relieve you of that. His name is Jesus Christ. His name. He can do it. Why? Because He conquered death. But the devil has convinced you that that's just the way it is and it'll never change. Let me change your thinking this morning through God's Word. I have overcome death. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. There's nothing that Jesus cannot do in your life. Nothing. Well, God just made me this way. Really? He didn't make you that way. Satan's convinced you he made you that way. The world is convincing you that that's just the way that you are. Lie after lie after lie. And what you need to understand that you are his creation. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And this morning he wants to deliver you from that problem. This morning he wants to rescue you from your problem. This morning he wants to change your life. But it'll never change until you come forward and say, change me. Change me. God, I'm tired of thinking the wrong thoughts. God, I'm tired of living the wrong way. Then it's time this morning to have a new way of thinking. This morning. If you think you're unreachable, you're wrong. He can reach you. This morning, if you think you're unsavable, you're wrong. He can save you. This morning, if you think that you can do it all by yourself, you're wrong. You need a church family. This morning, if you think... You're okay. You're probably not. You need a Savior. Where are you at this morning? What are you missing? Paul says, I do not want you to be conformed to this world, but I want you to be transformed transformed from this world by the renewing of your mind so that God can change the way that you think. The devil has convinced you too, too long that you are unsavable, He can't rescue you. And there's nothing that God can do to help you. And that's a lie. He held His hands out on the cross to save you, to rescue you. So the least you could do this morning is come forward and say, God, today, I'm not going to do it by myself anymore. I'm going to do it to help with the church family. God, this morning, I'm tired of living and trapped in the lie of drugs and alcohol and unfaithfulness. Today, Lord, I want you to rescue me. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to get in your mind and will you allow Him to rescue your very life? Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that for every lie that Satan has told somebody this morning, that they will truly see he's wrong. I pray this morning, Lord, that For those who need rescuing, they will take that step of faith this morning. Father, for those this morning that thought there would be no hope and no help in their addictions, I ask this morning that you would rescue them. Lord, I pray this morning for those who have been thinking wrong all their life, and they thought they knew you, but they really didn't. I pray this morning, God, you would rescue them. Lord, we know that our thinking will change. Step out on faith. Pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. 
If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.